really organically, really like spontaneously. It's not just going in there and making a noise, folks. <laughs> the Classic Rock Files with Kelly Parker and Mike Young. Hi, Mike. Hi, Kelly. Okay, so another story about the CIA writing songs for scorpions. This is all coming up because there is a new podcast series that's about to be released on May 11th called Wind of Change. And in case you hadn't figured it out from the title, this podcast surrounds the Scorpions' 1990 hit single. I think it's a six-episode series, right? So it's going to be one of those things eight, like... Eight uh, episodes. Eight, yeah, like The Making of a Murder. It'll be a detailed story through multiple podcast episodes. Yeah, this is all hosted by an investigative journalist from The New Yorker named Patrick Radden Keefe. And this is his hypothesis. We don't know what he will find through the eight episodes, but that Wind of Change was written by the Central Intelligence Agency as a piece of Cold War propaganda. For scorpions of all people. Yes. And uh, this would not be the first time that the CIA has delved into these kind of things, uh, apparently. And I haven't done research on this myself, <laughs> but they paid to film George Orwell's 1984 and Animal Farm. They sponsored a European tour of the Boston Pops. I'm talking about the CIA now. So sure. why not pay a German rock band to write a power ballad to shred the Iron Curtain? Well, sure, if you're, as long as you're in the music business already. So this guy spent the last year doing hundreds of interviews with uh, musicians, former spies, and he has put together this entire podcast. And I guess this has been a long-standing rumor somewhere in the interwebs. I've never heard of it until today. Nope. Let me tell you this. I am very intrigued. Yes. At the very least, I'm intrigued. Okay, so now I got to think that the CIA is relatively busy. Why would they be sending the Boston Pops on tour? And why specifically would they be writing songs for Scorpions? Well, I think we're only going to get those answers if we tune into the podcast, which comes out May 11th on Spotify. It's an exclusive podcast. Again, Wind of Change is the name of it. Uh, the Scorpions, of course, Klaus Mine is credited to writing Wind of Change. He's the songwriter. And according to the Scorpions, they wrote the song after they noticed the difference in the atmosphere in Russia after first touring the country in support of 1988's Savage Amusement and then a year later for the Moscow Music Peace Festival with some other big-name bands. As uh, Rudolf Schenker remembered, they went behind the Iron Curtain to help change the perception of Germans in a region that had suffered so much damage during World War II. That's the uh, rationale that they had in terms of writing the song. They just wanted to show that there's a new generation of Germans coming up and they're bringing guitars and rock and roll and peace and love to you, not fighting and war and hate. With the fighting and the war and the hating? That's the wind of change sure. they were talking about. Klaus Mein uh, wrote the song, apparently. Now, I don't know whether this will be covered over those eight episodes of this podcast, but immediately when I saw this, I started to think, wait a second. The first big concert held in the reunited Germany was Roger Waters staging the wall live at the Berlin Wall, summer of 1990, I think. Scorpions, prominent in that production, playing the surrogate band. They did two performances. So you're saying the CIA commissioned the wall to be performed live in Berlin? I'm saying CIA operatives, the Scorpions. On that show, Roger Waters, maybe you've noticed, a little bit political? No, I never noticed that. I'm just wondering what the ripple effect of this is. I'm getting more and more intrigued by the moment. This might turn into a Netflix series if we keep going down this rabbit hole. So yeah, May 11th, I'm intrigued. Wind of change on Spotify.
Okay, we've talked about King Diamond before, and we've also been showcasing a lot of the at-home concerts that have been happening. Uh, some better than others, some with better sound than others. Sammy Hagar and The Circle, the sound they've been getting in the songs that they've been putting out, fantastic. Same deal with King Diamond, and they've taken it in another direction. Yeah, so uh, King Diamond, members of King Diamond, uh, of course, Scandinavian musicians, and they've teamed up with some other musicians from some other bands in that area to put out some covers. Uh, in a series they call At the Movies, and it's devoted entirely to covering music from iconic films of the 1980s. The project features uh, vocalist Bjorn Speedstrid, who we've talked about on this show before. He's, Great of course, vocalist. from the Night Flight Orchestra and Soilwork. Uh, guitarist Chris Laney, who's from uh, Randy Piper's Animal and Zan Clan. Never Obviously. heard of those acts. <laughs> Alan Sorensen from Royal Hunt and the Pretty Maids. Keyboardist Morton Sandagger from Mercenary and the Pretty Maids. There had to be one Morton. And uh, get this, there's two guys in the band named Pontus. Pontus Egberg from King Diamond, he's the bassist, and guitarist Pontus Norgren from Hammerfall. This must be like a John over there in, yeah. in the Scandinavian countries. For sure. So these guys have got together and uh, they put out two songs so far. The first is a rendition of No Easy Way Out, originally performed by Robert Tepper and played in the uh, movie Rocky IV. I somehow missed this in the movie. This is a... Also did not see the movie. I think this was like a top... 20 top 30 single in the U.S. when it was released. This is a song you know when you hear. And this is the King Diamond version with those other guests, mostly named Morton? Mostly named Pontus. Pontus, okay. <laughs> I'm not asking for another chance. That song just goes to point out that the Rocky IV soundtrack is just one of the greatest soundtracks of the 80s. Not only did wow, you get the wow. uh, revision, the second appearance of Eye of the Tiger, mm -hmm. you also got Survivor's Burning Heart and Robert Tepper's No Easy Way Out, plus the orchestral arrangements of Bill Conti. I mean, just well, a dynamite, dynamite soundtrack, one of my favorites of the 80s. Of course, the 80s, especially the late 80s, was the heyday of movie soundtracks. If you could get your song on a soundtrack, that was huge. I don't know, one of the greatest, if not oh, yeah. the great. Uh, a... It stands toe-to-toe -to -toe with anything else released. That is a strong Top Gun, statement. Footloose, it's right up there. Okay. I've got it on vinyl and CD if you'd like to borrow it. Okay. Uh, well, the Mortons and the... Uh, Pont, 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 what are the name? What are uh, Pontus. Pontus, okay. Pontus, Pontus, the Mortons, and the rest of them also did a version of St. Elmo's Fire, which, of course, you know, this is what that sounds like. I like the way you can hear his accent just at the end there. That's Bjorn Speed Strid. I like it. Let's bring back around here to Rocky Four soundtrack. Just okay. let me, it, 10 tracks. This is what you get. You get Survivor, Burning Heart. You get John Cafferty, Hearts on Fire. 
You get Kenny Loggins, Double or Nothing. You get Survivor again, Eye of the Tiger. You get Vince DiCola doing two instrumentals, both War and the Training Montage from the movie. You get James <laughs> Brown's Living in America. You Ooh. get Robert Tepper, No Easy Way Out. And then you get two songs, Take or Leave, by Go West and the band Touch, which I've never heard of. Okay. But that soundtrack, Dynamite. Strong entry. Yeah. The best? I, I don't I, I don't said know one of the best. Okay, okay. <laughs> Speaking of the best, I've come to the conclusion, Dave Grohl, best guy ever. He's definitely one of the top guys. Yeah, certainly. One of our top guys. <laughs> when aliens come and they say, bring us your best, yeah. Dave Grohl will be one of the ones. He's shortlisted for sure. We talked last week about this star-studded release in the UK for charity of times like these from Foo Fighters and how emotional it was and as a result of being able to listen to it that way, how underrated a lyricist Dave Grohl is. It's so good. I've listened to it so many times now, that amazing cover of times like these. The video's great. The song by itself alone is great. Uh, if you haven't heard it yet, uh, check it out, 943thedrive.ca. And since we premiered that, uh, he was talking about how emotionally got just getting the call. He said, I got a call a few weeks ago that BBC was putting together this project. And initially, I was so flattered that they would use one of our songs and also that they would have so many incredible artists on it. I got really emotional. It was one of the hugest moments in my musical life. And the first thing I thought was, I need vocal lessons. <laughs> These people are all amazing. He says, it's a song that I wrote at a strange time in my life when I was scared and hopeful. And I think it applies to today. So that was his comment after we... We had that on the classic rock files. But now, he's proved once again, best guy ever. At least in the conversation and shortlisted. Jimmy Kimmel has been doing this healthcare hero series. And he's been bringing on real-life people who are on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic and kind of highlighting them and their work and what they have brought to uh, the country. Mm -hmm. In this case, the United States. And... Um, to surprise his latest healthcare hero, T.J. Riley, a lifelong Foo Fighters fan, Jimmy Kimmel actually got Dave Grohl to join in on this uh, Skype call that they had going and uh, chimed him in as the third unknown member to T.J. Riley at the time. Here's how T.J. Riley was surprised. So we did a little bit of research on you, and we looked into some of your, your likes, and I know you're a music fan, I'd like to introduce you to somebody, TJ. His name is Dave. Dave, say hello to TJ. Dave! Hey, Dave, I am a huge, huge fan. Huge fan. Oh my God, how are you doing? I'm going a little out of my mind currently now. I feel like I'm having a coronavirus dream. This is crazy. Okay, so then, Dave played a song for TJ, and how cool would that be if you're a super fan? This is a little bit of what that sounded like. And again, this version of Everlong, the way he does it here, allows you to focus on the lyric very strong once again. I just happen to have a guitar in my lap. Oh. Maybe I'll play oh, a little song. Yes. Oh, that would be terrific. Do it. <laughs> this one's for you, TJ. Come down and waste away with me. Real forever. If 
anything could ever be this good again. Come on. Even with poor quality like that. You know what? Skin and Bones, of course, stripped down, acoustic versions of their songs. I want to hear an album of just Dave Grohl, acoustic guitar, and his vocals. Dave Grohl by himself. That's not a bad idea. I'd listen to that. Now, I do want to ask you this question, Kelly Parker. I've been sitting on this for a bit. Who is your favorite singer-songwriter of all time? Oh, God. Just uh, maybe one of your favorites. First one that jumps to mind, Paul Simon. Okay, Paul Simon. What would happen if Paul Simon shows up here at the studio, says, you know what, Kelly, just me and you in this room, I'm going to play a song for you. Sits down with his guitar and belts out, just to you alone, with an acoustic guitar, that song over the next three to five minutes. To me, the most painfully awkward experience one can have. A man or woman (laughs) singing a song directly to you and no one else is there. While you're on camera? Even makes it even more awkward. Okay. I can't stand when someone's singing singing happy birthday to me, let alone someone I love and idolize. Like, what do you do with your face? That's my biggest thing because, you know, you want to show that you're interested, but like, unless you burst into tears of pure emotion, which you can't You can't can't interrupt either. No. It's just like, okay, I know how the song goes. I appreciate you being here, but I'd rather just talk. Because it's too much face work with the performance. Exactly. Like, yeah. I can sit and listen, but I'd rather sit and listen in a group. I don't want to be isolated to be the only listener. You know what? Solution to that? You Never do that, Never love please. anything. Well, that's one. <laughs> the other one would be, say, you do that, I'm just going to turn my chair around here, just so I can fully enjoy the experience. That would be my first pitch. See, but that seems to be rude to the man performing. Not if you ask permission. What if the guy just t- turned his chair around as Dave Grohl started <laughs> or, to play? Yeah. Or you turned your face around, you face the other way, Paul Simon, and you perform. Both of us turn around and we will we'll we'll act like we're walking away in the Wild West at high noon for our draw before one of us kills the other one. I thought I had all my problems under control, but you've introduced a new one, a new conundrum. What oh, would I do? The sheer embarrassment I would feel alone. I can't handle it. You know what? Here's the upside of that. It's never going to happen. Uh, you're probably right, but that's what TJ Riley thought. And all of a sudden, COVID-19 hits. He's on Jimmy Kimmel. Dave Grohl is playing him a song acoustically. I would be dying of embarrassment inside. You know what? If COVID-19 has taught us anything, we found out that anything is possible. Now I'm going to be concerned about this. Yeah, so check yourself before you wreck yourself, mister. <laughs> that is the classic Rock Files. 94.3 Drive Music Director, Mike Young. Thank you. Thank you.